What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K for the latest episode of the No Huddle Show. Mike, I woke up this morning and I got some coffee and I realized that I just dreamed last night that the Eagles drafted a quarterback in the second round. Um, what did they do yesterday? I don't, I don't even know what they actually did. Well, you know what? Uh, I hate to I hate to break this to you. I, I didn't want to be the one. Uh, but, yeah, they drafted a quarterback in the second what? round. What? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, not only did they draft a, a quarterback in the second round, they drafted a pretty good one and one <laughs> who is pretty athletically gifted. But also, he's still, <laughs> but also <laughs> he's still a quarterback. So, yeah. I mean, like. So they drafted Jalen Hurts, as everybody who's listening to this podcast surely knows. Um, I think the best way to summarize is the, the the text message exchange I had with my brother leading up to the pick. Because if you're on Twitter, the, the picks come out, especially after the first round. They come out like quite a bit before the actual broadcast. So the Eagles pick happens. I just te- So I just text my because me and him kind of react to Eagles stuff and NFL stuff together. And I just texted him, uh-oh. He's like, what? What happened? I'm like, I'm not going to spoil it for you. He's like, fine. But as long as they – at least I know they didn't get a quarterback or a kicker. I'm like, well, they didn't get a kicker. <laughs> He's like, wait, what? And, like, and then just like the the meltdown that happened off this, like it, we're going to try and cover this from every angle. We're both pretty exhausted. We both went to bed pretty late last night because of the draft. But um, like this is – there, there's not even a universe where I could, where I would have predicted them picking it. Maybe in the third round, second round. There's just so many layers to how bad of a move this is. I don't think how I wasn't in the press conference, but reading the quotes, I don't think Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman made it worse. I think with I the agree. stuff he said, uh, which is pretty rare for him. He's usually good at justifying things he does or like generalizing things, but he like was hardcore defending himself in in a way that like like he he was coming across as Dave Gettleman esque, uh, except he sounds a little smarter when he says the stuff. Um, and I'm just like I'm blown away. This is a this is a team that you know has made a lot of moves this offseason to indicate they're they're still trying to win right now. They just paid a lot of money for Darius Slay, uh, who's a 29 year old cornerback. They've talked they've talked about how they need to surround Carson Wentz with better weapons. They didn't sign any receivers this offseason. They drafted Jalen Rager in the first round, uh, which in retrospect people aren't going to talk about that pick ever again now. By the way, but. Uh, and then now they go and draft a quarterback who, in a best-case scenario, only plays significant snaps if your best player gets severely injured. Like I, there, I, there's there's justification for getting a good backup quarterback, but not in the second round. And I mean, I, I'm just curious, like how like how shocked you you were when when the when the news came across the ticker on on Twitter. Uh, you know, Albert Breer was like spoiling picks which is helpful helpful for us because i i'm a very yeah. big believer in not spoiling picks but it helps me write and, and catch up um i just kind of like went like i saw red like you know what i mean like <laughs> kind of like is this real uh so let's talk about the quarterback thing to begin with uh, i had mentioned in previous um episodes and in writing the Eagles were doing a lot of due diligence for a backup quarterback. This was something that they wanted to get right. This was something that they wanted to do. This is not – them drafting a backup quarterback should not be surprising. That said, the the way they went about getting that backup quarterback – so essentially what Howie Roseman said was it, they got to pick 45 and kind of establish their group. It's, it, every team does this. Once you get probably within an earshot of your pick, you say, hey, look, if these, if one of these four guys is here, this is the order that we have, blah, 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 blah. 
Then they called up Carson, told him about the possibility, then they made the pick. Um, look, they really like James Morgan from FIU. Uh, Hertz is definitely more talented. Um, I just don't understand the allocation of resources here. Uh, this is a an offense that has suffered mightily, not just from a speed perspective, but from inconsistent playmaking uh from an inconsistent playmaking outlook, uh, your window is not is not very large. Okay, uh, it's part of the reason why trading for and signing Yannick Ngakwe didn't make any sense. They're going to have to make some extremely difficult decisions over the next two years between Brandon Graham, Malik Jackson, uh, Fletcher Cox, um, you know, guys of that ilk. I mean, Kelsey's probably not going to be around in two years. Uh, Lane Johnson is signed, but who, whoever knows, he's had so many injuries. I mean, this is a team that realistically could be in a heavy rebuild in two years, two to I three mean, years. I mean, by the way, how do you think all those guys feel about this pick? Like, they want to win right, right now. Yeah. Right. I, I wrote a column this morning. I said, you know, Carson Wentz reached out and, and welcomed Jalen Hurts to the team and to the city. To, and he was being a, you know, a leader who was trying to make a new teammate feel comfortable in an awkward situation for both of them. But I guarantee you, he probably would have preferred to send that tweet to Denzel Mims. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is a situation where they came into this draft with at least two wide receiver holes. Uh, Look, I spoke to a GM yesterday, uh, was told that that was around where Jalen Rager was expected to be picked amongst the league. Um, if he wasn't taken by the Eagles, he was probably going to be taken by the Vikings or uh, the Saints. The Packers also seemingly like them. So, I mean, there's that in hindsight. Not that that really matters anymore because the Eagles selected, you know, Jalen Hurts in the second round. But, um, I mean, I think it also adds some weird distinction to not trading up for C.D. Lamb, right? Yeah. Uh, you and I were – Because this is the pick they would have, in theory, had a trade, it sounds like. so. Right. Um, and guess what? You know, I mean, they're probably going to get a similar return in that second round pick this year. Best case scenario. Like everybody's talking about this Taysom Hill uh, nonsense. That's Um, ludicrous. Taysom Hill was an undrafted player. Kind of worked his way. Was a, you know, a working man's quarterback. And and he's faster than Jalen Hurts, by the way. Right. I mean, like, look, Jalen, Doug emphatically said he was drafted as a quarterback. So, like... The, this the situation to me is is basically like if you're not sold on this guy potentially being a starter for you down the road, what's the point? Because you've already allocated a massive resource. You know, draft picks and most players. Well, you see, Brandon Cooks get still get traded for day one picks or day two picks. Most are like cars. The second you take them off the lot, they they they're devalued. Yeah. So he's a second round pick. The chances of you recouping that second, even just recouping a second round pick, let alone getting a first round pick for a player, you're probably not going to trade because the only way he would have that value is if Carson Wentz is extremely injured. Like it's a doomsday sort of outlook to draft a quarter, a backup quarterback this high when you have a 27 year old kid who, by the way, has not even started the key portion of his extension. He's not even in his contract extension yet. And you just paid him 128. I mean, you, you signed to a $128 million deal over four years. Um, he did just get you to the playoffs. 
Now, that said, there have been questions whether or not this might have to do with Carson's injury history or what have you. Okay, cool. But if that's what you're worried about right now, why are you signing or why are you drafting a guy for the long term future? Jalen Hurts is not going to be ready to start in two years. He's just not that type of prospect. Uh, he's a guy who could develop down the road, but he is not, I mean, you know, he is not a guy who's ready to start in, in week six, you know, if Carson goes down. Neither is Nate Sudfeld for that matter. But I mean, you have Cam Newton out there, you have Joe Flacco, you have other guys out there that have experience. And, you know, Howie Roseman talked about them being a QB factory. I don't know if he remembers this, but there's this guy, Clayton Thorson, uh, <laughs> who was here last year. And maybe he was the second worst quarterback I've ever seen in person next to Max Wittick. Uh, I mean, like, uh, no, Stephen Morris is pretty bad. But, like, uh, you get what I'm saying? Like, this doesn't, this doesn't compute. And if they want to be a quarterback factory – the Eagles have had a lot of success having backup quarterbacks. Jeff Garcia, A.J. Feely, uh, Michael Vick, at, when Kevin Cobb went down, Kevin Cobb had some moments too. Um, and obviously Nick Foles is the big one. But those guys were all guys that either, when they had their moment, they stepped up after several years in the league. Yeah. So like, like Kevin Cobb was a backup for two years. Uh, you know, I believe. Uh, you know, th- these are guys that, that ha- took time before they were out there and they replaced a guy in Donovan McNabb or Carson Wentz who were injured. They didn't necessarily, you know, come in with the expectation that they were going to be starters and, or, or premium assets. And so I think like, this is totally different than Nick Foles. Howie Roseman tried to, Howie Roseman, Andy Weidel, Doug Peterson all tried to compare this to Nick Foles. It is not Nick Foles. Nick Foles was a five-year veteran when he came back here. Uh, Who had been coached by Doug Peterson before. He had also had a Pro Bowl season as as loony as it was. (laughs) He was mature. I mean, you and I have both covered Nick uh, before. Like, he is unlike probably any athlete you'd ever cover. I mean, he, he's, the, he's the perfect backup quarterback, dude. Just right. Personality, yeah. Which is what they said Jalen Hurts yeah. is. But and you don't draft a guy for his personality at quarterback. Like. Right. They they routinely said, we like this person. And I'm like, I get that from a locker room perspective. But, like, you have a maybe two-year window. And Denzel Mims is staring you to the face. I, I didn't love the idea of pairing Mims and Rager together because there's so much boom and bust factor there. But, like. But yeah, you like it better than the alternative, which is this. Right. I mean, you had look. Jeremy Chin was on the board. There, there were uh, there were some good players. There's some edge rushers that were still on the board. Christian Fulton was there. Like this is such a weird. You know what? And, and the thing is too is a lot of people are like, well, they could have drafted a wide receiver to help Carson. You know what they could have done? They could have improved the defense too. Yeah. Somebody like Logan Wilson. So they, that they, could have, they could have drafted literally any player that could have helped them within the next two years. <laughs> but what's but the thing is too is like drafting for defense would help Carson as well because then yeah. Carson's not having to like press. Instead, they have to wait till the third round, pick one oh three, and draft Damian Taylor, who is a phenomenal athlete, but is so raw to football. Like I mean, his high school—he he played like two games of high school football. Like, yeah, because he, he like went on a mission or something, right? Right. He yeah, he had religious um, uh, circumstances that prevented him from from playing. But like, he was he was in JUCO two years ago. Like, yeah. I mean, 
you know, maybe he plays middle linebacker. I, I like his game. I think he's a really good athlete. But, like, man, you pass on Logan Wilson, who is basically the prototype for what you want to do on defense. Like, if I'm Jim Schwartz, I'm like, what is going on here? Um, and, you know, normally we don't have these passionate discussions, but it's just like I, I can't rationalize this. Even if they were concerned about Carson's health, I don't know how you rationalize this. Because the offseason you had, the whole offseason you put off offense so that you could draft for offense in the draft. And yeah, you got your wide receiver, but then you also dedicated your second most valuable asset to a backup quarterback. If you were going to do that, why would you trade third and fifth round picks to take on a 29-year-old cornerback if you felt like you needed to plan for the future? That doesn't make sense. That's that's my rant. I mean, and yeah, and so you and I have been pretty critical of Howie over the last year or two because of a lot of the moves he's made. And I think it's become like I, I'm not someone who's of the mind that like you need to have been a football guy as to be a successful or general manager who makes a lot of moves. But I think Howie Roseman is someone who overthinks things to such the extreme that he's all he's thinking about is assets, not he, like so two years ago when they traded for Golden Tate, he has this quote that he's never going to live down now where he said, we're always going to put our foot on the gas. Mm-hmm. And, and it's pretty clear that's a crock, like based on this move. This is the opposite of putting your foot on the gas. This is, I don't even know what this is. He, he, his, his defense for it was largely that we're about collecting assets, not and how it's not all about the short term. And I'd, so you're in, in a best case scenario, and you kind of talked about this a little bit. Like, what's the best draft pick they even can get for, even if Jalen Hurts steps in for Carson Wentz at the end of the season and wins a playoff game for them? The odds of them even getting a first round pick back for him, which even still wouldn't like recoup the value that they just wasted, I think, because you're wasting a year almost. Like, most quarterbacks that get traded don't even get traded for first round picks. And if they do, they're proven guys. Jimmy Garoppolo was like such a highly touted prospect when he was traded from the Patriots, and they can only get a second round pick, and that's the Patriots. Um, I think Alex Smith was traded for like a first round pick, but he had been a proven starter in the NFL. And just this idea that how he, how he just looks at a name and sees a potential draft pick he could trade for down the line. Like I, there, there's just no logical explanation for this. And some of the things he was saying, like even one of his re- reasons uh, after he was posed a question was about how Nate Sudfeld wants to be a starter in the league and he's going to be a free agent next year. So we needed to think ahead. So you're planning a year in advance for your backup quarterback? Like, where I, I just, I mean, you were you were in the press conference. Like, I the things he was saying, like, I just, I don't even get it. And the, and the idea that they're a quarterback factory, they're a quarterback factory that turns quarterbacks out and then trades them. Like, if you're a quarterback factory, in my head when I hear that, is a franchise that develops quarterbacks really well and and keeps them around to help the franchise win. And I just, it, it, like I'm saying, in a best case scenario, the only way Jalen Hurts helps them win games right now is if Carson Wentz is not playing. Yeah. I mean, what did I say when, when, when they drafted Clayton Thorson? Like, they drafted Doug Peterson, right? Yeah. Uh, he, I, I think Doug Peterson's hubris for, for wanting to develop quarterbacks and to be like Andy Reid is just, I mean, palpable. Like, it's... Now, yeah, to go off that, not to cut you off, but I was going to ask you, like, how do you think this thought process went, like, in the building? Like, how involved, how much... Was this a team effort? How much do you think this was Doug pushing forward or Howie? Like, it feels like a Howie pick, but based on some of the Doug quotes, it seems like he was all about it too. Like, it, it, like we've talked about how it seems like there's a disconnect sometimes between the coaching staff 
and GM, but weirdly, this seems like they were connected on this, which is the opposite of what you want. Yeah, this seemed like it was an all-in thing, which makes it kind of worse. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, look, Jeffrey Lurie has said that they, he, he believes yeah. in drafting a quarterback every year. Um, there were a couple of fans that reached out to me and were like, man, that's the type of pick that gets you fired. I'm like, well, I mean, the owner basically mandated that they should continue to, to look into quarterbacks. Look, quarterbacks are the most valuable asset in all of sports. And if you keep taking bites at the apple, eventually, or hopefully, if you're a good evaluator, it works out for you. Guess what? It already worked out for them. They have a franchise quarterback who they paid top-tier money and and have thus surrounded him with older talent that hasn't been consistently healthy or productive. Uh, I just like you look at what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers has won Super Bowl. He's probably a top eight quarterback of all time. Um, but they've wasted him in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, he's had talent around him, but then the defense is bad or what have you. I mean, look, Carson's 27 already. Like this is, uh, you know, time is, is passing by. And I think, if you want to repeat of the Super Bowl, you've got to look across the way at, at Dallas, who they have like three really good wide receivers, but they also have like paper thin depth on defense. And if you can put together a really good offense, you're going to be able to put up a ton of points on them. Um, I just, you know, we make fun of Dave Gettleman and we make fun of the Redskins, but like, their drafts are significantly oh, better. Yeah. And it's like not even about picking earlier. Like they're just making good picks. Like that Well, they're 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 drafting value, which is what you're I mean, and that's in theory what the Eagles are saying they did, but like there's that's like such to the extreme of it. Like I, I, I even joked on Twitter after the pick, I'm like, did the were the Eagles on auto draft? Like, because that's the kind of pick when you're in a fantasy draft and like your internet's not working and it picks you a third quarterback when you already have two or something, and it's just like like so, I'm I'm looking. I just pulled up the guys who were all drafted after them. I think I should run through them because I think it contextualizes it a little bit even better. Just to so you know, there were players on the board that made sense. Like AJ Epinesa went right after him. I think he would have been a pretty good fit for. The I team. actually um, thought he was going to be the pick. Yeah, I mean, I was ready to publish. <laughs> I well, way further than I thought. I mean, Van Jefferson. I know you had projected him to them a few times. He was picked earlier than I thought. Yeah. Mims, Josh Uche went to the Patriots. Christian Fulton was still on the board. I mean, A.J. Dillon, like, they could have more defensively picked a running back, by the way. Uh, Jeremy Chin, uh, who you mentioned, that's just in the second round. Um, it's just Logan like, Wilson. Logan, yeah, Logan Wilson was the guy. first pick in the third round. Antonio Gibson's, like, a fun, multidimensional guy. Um, if they wanted a swing tackle, Josh Jones was still on the board. Zach Bowen from Wisconsin. Uh, Matt Hennessy from Temple. I mean, if they were going to draft somebody to develop, like, you should have done a center. Lynn Bowden, like. Lloyd Cushenberry, like there, there were so many guys, like you don't, I get not drafting for need. I do. And that's like a long been the Eagles idea. They don't draft for need. They draft who they think is the best player, but like, like, come on, man. Like it this well, doesn't make any, any sense. I mean, if I can get on my like stool or whatever here and, and as a guy who's been covering the draft for a dozen years and takes it very, very seriously, you know how much I, I take this, this draft stuff seriously. Yeah. Uh, there was so much talent there. Like, guys that I would have seen in the first round justifiably based not only on my film work, but also the fact of people that I've talked to in the league. Like, 
and they basically just punted. Um, like that's what's concerning to me is look, I've been very critical of Joe Douglas. I think Joe Douglas is a little bit of a paper tiger in in the sense that he gets a ton of praise for a ton of things that I don't really know if he deserves credit for, or that I, I kind of just philosophically disagree with. But like, I don't think this pick is made if Joe Douglas is here. I don't think the Jalen Rager picks made if Joe Douglas is here. And it's almost like you need an adult in the room uh, and that's to like, scary. To like let you know that you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Like, look, I, I, I'm not going to rush to judge Andy Weidel. Like, I, I don't think he's come off very well in, in, in these teleconferences. It could just be because they're teleconferences. We haven't really seen him in a press conference setting. So it's hard for me to just gauge that. But I will tell you, I was blown away by how unenthusiastic uh, the three of them were following the Rager pick. It was almost like they were shell shocked. Yeah. And I, the next day, to be so defensive about it. Yeah, he like said that without anybody bringing it up, right? He said that I, I don't think I was as enthusiastic as I should have been yesterday, right? Yeah, I mean, they probably watched it back. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and frankly, I, I mean, I was kind of stunned. It was almost like, what are they doing? Like, you know, you don't, you shouldn't make, you shouldn't make PR picks, right? Unless you get weaseled into it by Mike Mayock on a live TV broadcast and you're the Minnesota Vikings and you want to draft a German kid. That's a deep in joke for anybody who's watching the draft. Uh, Morris Barringer, I was actually the only American to cover his pro day. Um, but anyway, uh, look. I just don't know how to justify this. I, I've tried to stop trying to justify it. I, I don't really get it. Um, I think what needs to not be lost in this is that Jalen Hurts is a great kid. He's a really competitive player. He's extremely talented. But there were other guys that, who were talented in this quarterback class that you could have got. Look, all the other quarterbacks are on the board still. He was the fifth guy to go. He's the only guy on day two to go. Yeah, and uh, and, and by the way, there's still some really good veteran free agent quarterbacks out there and Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, uh, Andy Dalton's probably going to be on the block. Like if they were so desperate to have a quarterback to develop and then flip around a time later, like sign one of them to a two year deal or something. Like, well, and then why rush to re-sign Nate Sudfeld? I know it was like a minimum yeah. contract, but like, what are you do? The thing is, is like, and you brought this up where <laughs> Nate Sudfeld wants to be a starter. I want to win a million dollars. Like, yeah. Nate Sudfeld has shown absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. 25 passes is nothing. Yeah, they got to stop lying to us about how high they are in him because they this, clearly aren't that high in him. Right. He's been passed over for, for a 40-year-old. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think at some point, you know, I, I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but, like, at some point, not, none of this makes sense. And I think... If they're concerned about Carson's health, then maybe they should have invested a little bit more in veterans in in the offseason, or they shouldn't have paid for Darius Slay. They should have gone into somewhat more of a rebuilding mode and a retooling mode. Um, I don't think that's the case. I'm not going to jump to conclusions about that, but from the surf on the surface, they have allocated the second round pick, which I said yesterday on the podcast is essentially a first round pick. 
to a backup quarterback who, best case scenario, is only seeing legitimate playing time in a blowout. You know what I mean? So I I don't know, man, because this isn't this isn't the Flacco Lamar Jackson uh, situation. It's just not. It's not Donovan McNabb and Kevin Cobb. Like it, it, this is. I mean, Carson Wentz hasn't even hit his extension yet. Like it's ridiculous to me. His extension would end after Jalen Hurts' rookie deal would be over. <laughs> like put that in pers- no, but like put that in perspective, right? And you look at his cap hits, they're $30 million over the next four years. Like, Yeah, they need these players. So. I, I, I just, uh, to me, it's like, if I'm like Fletcher Cox, I'm like, what is going on here? They have five linebackers and all of them are, are inexperienced. Like, it, it, I mean, their pass rush could get better. They have nothing but nickel corners and Darius Slay. Their strong safety spot is a former starting cornerback who played safety for two years in college, uh, and then Will Park. So I like very much, but I mean, what's the game plan here? Are they rebuilding? Are they are they retooling? Do they see themselves as contenders? Like, what's going on? I, I mean, so th- this is one of the first times um, that I can remember that you can come out of a draft class thinking that the Eagles clearly had the worst draft class in the NFC East. Oh, it's not even a question. I mean, the Cowboys have actually like had maybe one of the, they actually are a better drafting team than people give them credit for. I think. Yeah. Um, They're not very good free agents. I mean, they got, so they got Trayvon Diggs in the second round. And if you had flipped it and said they got him in the first round, you would, that would have been fine. And they got CD lamb as that first guy. So they like, they filled needs along with talent. Whereas the Eagles have kind of reached for guys they either didn't need or that they just liked more than other people did. Um, Which there's no, there's no problem with that. Yeah. But yeah, but there is when it's a quarterback, but yeah, yeah. if you like the guy more than other teams, that's fine. You get the guys you think are going to be good. Um, And that's kind of the funny thing. Like Jalen Rager would have been this conversation all weekend. If they had done a cookie cutter second round pick, like we would still be talking about Jalen Rager right now. And that's just like so far on the back burner. We barely talked about Davian Taylor because who cares about David Taylor right now? Like that's just the reality. Um, this is going to be, and you and I were texting about this yesterday, like, well, like this is going to be a conversation for the rest of this year, Absolutely. no matter what happens. And I, I, this even just made me think of a moment in, um, in the, the Amazon show where Howie Roseman was in his car and he said he had to get tinted windows because people would see it was him in the car and they would like flip him off or, or curse him out. And I was just thinking, like, it's it's good he got those tinted windows now, man. <laughs> have you have you noticed? I think he's like the only GM uh, that hasn't had their kids in a shot. <laughs> it's just smart, probably. Uh, what, what, it looks like the uh, the Mike Rabel thing that went viral. Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Belichick or <laughs> with his dog. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, and I don't know, man. It's just like I mean, I I cover the Giants now, and I give. Dave Gettleman as much flack as anybody because a lot of times he deserves it. But if you just look at, I mean, this offseason, they haven't done anything. The Giants haven't done anything outlandish. They've filled needs. Um, and then in the I draft, mean, they, they, they did give Blake Martinez way too much money. Yeah, but yeah, fine. yeah. But, but he's still an upgrade from what they had. Um, sure. And I mean, the point, my point being, they, they drafted the guys when they looked at their board, they, they were the right picks. And they filled a need on top of that. You know, they picked a, they picked two offensive tackles and three picks and it was justifiable. And the Eagles picked a quarterback in round two, 
and the whole draft is shot. And the Redskins got a elite pass rusher that the Eagles are going to have to deal with for a long time now. And that Lane Johnson uh, is probably going to have to block for for the next few years. Uh, and the the Cowboys got some really good talent. And it's, it seems like the Eagles' arrow should be pointing up. This is a team that still has a lot of talent, and they should be contenders. But they just how he's just – I don't know, man. I, he's just doing a lot of weird things that so, I, don't, I don't remember him usually doing. So I want to, you know, as we as we get in this home stretch of the podcast, I want to be a little bit more positive. Let's give some hope. That's what the draft's about, right? <laughs> uh, like in the set coming into day two, there is a ton of talent still left on the board, and maybe that's part of the Eagles' logic. Whatever, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'm just saying maybe that is their. Yeah, I was going to say the the percentage of players that become starters on day three is pretty low. So. A guy, here's a couple of people that, that I would look at. Uh, there's a lot of secondary help there. Uh, Amik Robertson, who's undersized but can play outside. That guy is like an enterprise story waiting to happen. Like he's – this guy's the most badass little dude I've ever seen. Um, he's from Louisiana Tech. The Eagles showed a lot of interest in him during the draft process. Troy Pride Jr. Uh, from Notre Dame. He could play outside. There's a lot of Sheldon Brown to him. Uh, there, There's – Kayvon Wallace, who a lot of Eagles fans love because he's from Clemson, so he's a Clemson safety. You know what that means, Brian Dawkins. Uh, you know, so a lot of people are connecting that. Bryce Hall from Virginia. Um, there's some pretty good defensive end. Alton Robinson from from Syracuse is a guy that I really, really like and I think would be a really good fit here. He could be their annual fourth-round defensive end. Um, the Eagles have five – come into the draft with five uh, picks on day three. Uh, they have three fourth round picks, one fifth round pick, and one sixth round pick. I would not be shocked if they traded back in the fourth round to pick up a seventh, a couple of sevenths. Uh, I think the logic in that is one, you could potentially trade that for a, uh, a player like Hassan Ridgeway uh, last year. But also, if with undrafted free agency being like this weird animal this year, if you had a guy that you absolutely could not live without. Um, or, or definitely wanted to sign, this allows you to kind of force the issue. Um, there's going to be talented guys that drop. I, I think teams are working with much smaller boards. I also think that's partially the reason why Jalen Hurts is probably very high on the Eagles board. Um, so, like, as we watch this and we and we look at this and we break down this day three, look, they have five picks. They can write the ship. I mean, they're never going to write the ship to where this, this draft class is going to be, you know, graded as a B. But they could get a solid C out of this one. Um, and I think, you know, if they're they're drafting for value, they're drafting secondary help, I, I still think this is a pretty decent secondary class. I still think there's some good wide receivers out there. Uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I think there's reason for optimism until there isn't. Um, that's just the way I think about the draft. That's why I love the draft. But, man, uh, I I mean, I know you, I know you're trying to be positive, but like I was even just thinking like teams that have young quarterbacks, like the Ravens. I think well, they they always are like the bet. They're probably the best drafting team in maybe the history. Them and the Patriots are always phenomenal. But so they've drafted a running back and a wide receiver to surround Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, and Devin Duvernay, who you and I talked about the other day. They added them to two receivers they drafted last year. Uh, they had they signed Mark Ingram last offseason. Like they, they've just surrounded their, they put their quarterback in the best position to succeed, and the Eagles have just so obviously not done that this offseason. 
Yeah, it's it's almost like because I I was on board with not spending money on wide receivers and free agency. It wasn't a good free agent class. Like, I get it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just um, they could. They, why not? I mean, I don't know if the the Cardinal the Texans would have done it, but the second round pick could have been in a DeAndre Hopkins trade. Sure. I mean, like it, it's uh, it's one of those man. Like I, this is such a weird weird situation, and the really thing is, is, it's like um. I'm just kind of blown away by the the reaction to this. I've never seen an overwhelmingly hated pick like this. Like, yeah, there's not, there's, not even, there's not even the usual people who are like, you guys just want to criticize Howie all the time because there's a lot of fans that are like always defending him. I haven't seen anybody defend this. There's some people like who have tried to justify their thinking. Like, that's the most positive I've seen. Yeah, like I I can understand if you're trying to find some truffles. I get it. Um, uh, Ray, uh, uh, Ray Diddy just, uh, I guess, said on the yeah, radio. I saw, I saw that quote. Yeah, you can say it if you want. Yeah, I, I've been following Eagles drafts for 50 years, and I don't think I've ever seen a pick that has stunned me. That's not good. That's <laughs> not, yeah, that's not positive. Yeah, I, I think I think Jimmy Kemsky tweeted this morning, this is more confusing or this is uh, walking, than, yeah. uh, than, the, than when they drafted a fireman in the first round. <laughs> and it's true because they drafted an offensive lineman who, in theory, was going to play for them pretty early, so... <laughs> I, I'm interested to see how many uh, teleconferences they do today because. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, this is all anybody's going to ask them about. Still, like, I mean, why would you ask about a fourth round pick? Who cares? And this is super raw. Like, well, that's the thing. Like, Davian Taylor's uh, thing got like hijacked by. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he made it hit. worse. He made it worse. Like it, it was. <laughs> it was almost like they didn't prepare. Like I, I mean, well, and I and I saw the Jalen Hurts quotes. By the way, he it seems like he was pretty surprised about the Eagles picking him. By the way, I mean he. He like he almost came across like a Patriots player with the way he wasn't answering. Well, questions. so um, what I'll say about I don't, I don't I don't blame him for that, but yeah, what I'll say about that and the reason why I was expecting that is when we were at the combine, I asked him to tell me what teams were going to get out of. He was the only player to play with all three top wide receivers, so Judy, Rugs, and and Lamb. Yeah. And I said, you know, you've got unique perspective. What are they getting? And he gave me the literally the most bland answer I. Like it was one of my main topics going into the combine. I, I I think you remember, I was really excited about it. I thought like yeah. nobody had really thought it through, and like gave me the, oh well. I think they're going to get great playmakers. <laughs> cool, bud. Like I just don't think he's like a very verbose like um, cat. Like I don't think that's his thing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he was a little surprised. If I were his agents, I don't know if I would be thrilled about the situation. Um, this is a situation where Nate Sudfeld has tried to get out of here two straight years and look for a bigger job, and it just hasn't happened because he hasn't played. Uh, and, 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 and and Wentz is coming off of where he played all 16 games, too. I know yeah. he got the concussion at the end. but And, you know, to me um, – it's just an interesting situation. I, I, I just, um, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm i just surprised by all of this. It's very interesting. Yeah, and all right, we should get going because the draft is going to start up again in a couple hours. Um, this is going to be a relevant podcast all weekend, I think. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's why we've got to We're probably going to talk about it again uh, when we do our wrap-up pod, either tomorrow or Monday. And... I just don't see a scenario where I wake up any morning and understand what they did. And I imagine when Howie speaks to you guys today, he's going to try and backtrack with some of the comments he made yesterday in some in some fashion because some of them were really weird. Um, I'm not going to take that bet because that's what he's definitely going to do. But like, <laughs> but here's the thing: like, 
I typically try to see both positive and negative in every situation. And to me, like, I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't like give the benefit of the doubt. You know, I, I just can't like, if you want to say, Oh, wow, they're worried about an 18 game season and the durability issues. And the fact that like players might need to take one or two games off a season and what have you, that's like a really weird thing to plan for two years in advance or, you know, two years in advance when that's pretty much your, your, your Super Bowl window. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, logically it's not going to help you this year. Maybe it'll help you in two years, but I, I, I don't know. This is a right. very weird. <laughs> I mean, we just talked for almost, almost like uh, 40 minutes about one guy. So that, or one pick, I should say, not one guy. Um, we'll wrap up on that note. Everybody, you should text Mike and or comment on this podcast or write a review and just tell us like how you're feeling about this pick. And we'll read all the best responses we get. Uh, Michael, let me know if he gets any on text message. Um, sign up for Eagles Extra if you haven't already. Let us know what you think. Check back with us in a couple days. We'll maybe we'll be a little less negative if they have a better day three. <laughs> All right, uh, talk to you guys soon. Bye.